Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, 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 and welcome to the program. It is the last day of January, which means I ain't going to see you guys again till March, beginning my first Monday in March. Um, and I can tell I'm already sort of pulling away because, as I told you yesterday, I did not intend to watch the State of the Union address, and I did not watch the State of the Union address. And I am so happy I did not because I have read since uh, much of what he said, commentary, both uh, both ebullient and uh, eviscerating. And, you know, it's all – I could have – I could have essentially uh, made that same statement without having read anything this morning or anything. You know, state State of the Union addresses are just just public theater, and I'm I'm bored uh, by by them. Um, I will some of what I I read that I that I liked <laughs> because obviously it dovetails with my sense of this president and his presidency and what I see as the state of our union and in case you didn't see him I just want to just share a few little uh, tidbits from both uh, Frank Bruni and uh, Roger Cohen uh, both of whom did subject themselves to the state of the union address which I suspect many of you did as as well Uh, I found this interesting uh, Cohen says that in the 80-minute speech, and God, that's longer than Clinton's speech. Remember, Clinton just, ugh, it's like Fidel Castro stuff. 80-minute speech. Uh, the word woman did not come up once. Now, if there were a Democrat in uh, the presidency, I assure you the word woman would have been uttered at least once. So, ladies, if you're wondering where you stand in Trump's psyche and that of the people who wrote his speech, you don't exist. The word woman did not come up once. Other words or phrases never mentioned. And these are all, it's unusual, given it was a State of the Union address. Here are other words not mentioned. Peace. Human rights, equality, Europe, <laughs> multilateral, <laughs> civil rights, why? Alliance. So none of those, none of those uh, made made the cut. Women, peace, and uh, working together. I'll tell you. Uh, and then, uh, let me just find this one other little thing. Uh, as for immigrants, God, the president had not a kind word. You would not guess from Trump's words that a Cato Institute study, Cato, by the way, not a liberal think tank, okay, that a Cato Institute study of refugees admitted to the United States in the last 25, 30, 25, 35, 40 years, <laughs> in the last 40 years, found that the chance 
of an American being killed in an attack committed by a refugee is one in 3.64 billion. And it is also known, all, all, the, all the numbers about crime in the country show that immigrants um, are responsible for fewer crimes than native-born Americans. And I'm talking in terms of their numbers, okay? And yet to hear Trump talk, they're murderers, marauders, terrorists, despicable uh, the American dream uh, in Trump's view is to me uh, a nightmare here's some Bruni stuff Trump only pretends at convenient moments to be a statesman and we're, spo we're all supposed to pretend in turn that, you know, he's not the, the vulgar, reckless man that he is. And this is one of the reasons I didn't want to watch. I didn't want to watch. I didn't want to hear the usual parsing afterwards. Apparently, Van Jones on CNN made some exultant remark about, you know, this is wonderful, the president was president, you know. I, I don't want to hear that shit. And I don't know why people say it. He read off a teleprompter. A lie-filled speech that was not designed to unite, but designed to divide and to denigrate immigrants. Bruni says, after all... Above all, we are supposed to pretend that what he says today has any bearing on what he'll say tomorrow. When what he said yesterday contradicted that. So, why should any of us take part in these absurd exercises when we know who we're dealing with here? A little more Bruni. Our president lives in a world of sand and wind and make-believe where the merest gust can alter the shape of everything. And the remarks that he was set to deliver on Tuesday night should be seen in that shifting, swirling, fantastical context. To be fair, most State of the Union addresses are wishes. Barack Obama set markers Preschool and community college for all. You remember that? That was an Obama State of the Union. The State of the Union traffics in the sublime and thus in the ridiculous. But Trump is a ridiculous breed apart. His moods more erratic, his poses more ephemeral, his promises emptier. So, yeah. Uh -uh. I have, uh, I came upon two items that, uh, 
Oh, here's another thing. I I understand that um, the what Rep- Representative Joe Kennedy, who gave the official Democratic response, he's been said. Everybody was talking about how he seemed to be drooling. <laughs> There's always something for whoever does the you know response. You're dead in the water if you agree to do it. And uh, it wasn't drool. It was he put on, and you can see that it is. He put on like chapstick or something, and. A woman would never have made the same same mistake. You know, he just sort of went like this, so that there was these glistening bits at the corners of his mouth, which looked wet uh, on camera. And so apparently, the internet was filled with uh, with m- people making fun of him. The funniest of which I thought was, given that he's a Kennedy, uh, ask not. What your country can drool for you. Ask what you can drool for your country. This is the internet I'm going to unplug from for the next month. (laughs) Oh, dear. So, um... Susan and I were talking yesterday, and at the end she said, and we were talking also about these locating apps, and I was saying, I get so sick of apps all of a sudden asking me, um, would you, you know, allow us please lose your your present location? And, you know, I always say, no! I mean, I don't want you to know where I am. You! And then Susan said she had to go walk the dog, and I said, you mean literally walk the dog? Isn't there an app for that? Do you recall? Unbelievable. Today's New York Times. (laughs) One of the technology world's deepest pocketed investors, he's a Japanese guy, has been scouring the globe to find and to fund technologies that he sees as going to just explode and, of course, make him richer. And so, this guy who had something called the Vision Fund has announced that he is investing $300 million in a Los Angeles startup called WAG. W-A-G, ladies and gentlemen, it summons someone to walk your dog. So I got to tell Susan about WAG, although I think she enjoys walking her dog. Anyway, here's the thing, though, about the location stuff. The app for WAG keeps track of exactly where your dog is being taken. And the Times reports, and that makes WAG a potentially useful fount of location data. And this is location data, not about a human This is location data about a dog. And this Japanese gazillionaire says, 
this is useful and I'm going to put 300 mil into this because I'm going to make a lot more out of it. When his fund, vision fund, invested uh, in something called Mapbox last year, they did it because Mapbox's use of that kind of location jet, uh, data uh, generates maps that this Japanese guy says will be the foundational infrastructure for the next stage of the information revolution. So, I got my answer. I got my answer to why do they want to know? I mean, even even apps that have nothing to do that I can see with anything want to know where I am because that knowledge is the gold of the future. We are going we are dogs. <laughs> Our cars, everything will be mapped in the very near future. Here's what the Japanese gazillionaire says. Location data is central and mission critical to the development of the world's most exciting technologies. So data on the comings and goings of you, me, all people all over the world and now our dogs is going to be like an extraordinarily sought after commodity among technology companies. So there's the answer. Knowing where you are, being able to create, create patterns about every single consumer I find this creepier than anything Orwell came up with. I really do. So I'm going to keep saying don't allow, no, 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 even though I don't think for a minute that they won't access my you know, location. As somebody said yesterday, I think it was Brooke, she said if I just turn off the GPS on my phone, and I did it in my car, I think. Um, I, so... I just thought that was interesting. And yesterday also, these are just updates, I pointed out that the Trump administration in the first year has left vacant hugely important executive uh, positions and ambassadorships that no other first-term president has done. Again, unprecedented. And lo and behold, I mentioned that one of them was Turkey, a country we sure as hell need an ambassador with. Another one was South Korea, excuse me. I would think that's sort of a really important staging for an American ambassador position. And the other's Australia, hello. Australia has been with us fighting every war, every misguided war we ever got ourselves into and some better ones, one that I can think of, and uh, we snubbed them by not even within a year having an ambassador to their country. All right, so turns out Trump 
was about to nominate someone for South uh, Korea because he understood the optics and since the Olympics is right around the corner in South Korea and there's all this stuff going on with North Korea, it really would be good to have an ambassador there. And the guy he had his eyes on is a knowledgeable uh, professor uh, who served in the George W. administration. Uh, he is, uh, I think, Korean by, by birth. Victor Cha turns out over the last weekend the Trump White House through his almost finished nomination into the garbage. Uh, Seoul had always said, had already signed off, said we would be thrilled to have Mr. Cha. We know him. Great. Uh, everybody felt it was a pretty good, and he's now out. And even though nobody's speaking on the record, it turns out that he had dared to suggest that a preemptive attack on North Korea would be a really bad idea. And you see Trump and Tillerson and a lot of the generals around him, they don't agree with that. And they are actively working on such a plan. So he just, last minute they realize this guy can't be there for us because he doesn't agree with what we want to do. And here's somebody who also served in the Bush administration and dealt with Korea. He says this, if we were to attempt a preemptive attack on North Korea, Kim Jong-un would have to strike back in some form. Maybe we'll take out some part of his uh, military capacity, but we ain't taking it all out in any preemptive attack. He will be forced to respond, to strike back, and the chance that that will, that escalation, I mean, of course a country's going to strike back, that that escalation will lead to nuclear war, or biological war, or chemical war would mean that millions of people are going to die. Oh, well, so Trump withdraws his choice for the still vacant now position of ambassador to South Korea because this ambassador doesn't want to strike North Korea before they strike what? Us? Okay, so those are the uh, updates I have for you. Uh, Roger says, an idiot came into our office. Your office, Roger. <laughs> have you thought of a sitcom? I mean, I, I, I sort of see the office when you mention your office, but it's a, it's a darker, uh, you know, sort of political satire. But anyway, here's Roger, poor Roger in his office. 
An idiot came into our office saying what a great speech dipshit made last night. I like to believe that to avoid confrontation and respect my beliefs, our office has been pretty quiet about politics the past year. Well, that's nice. But this comment about the speech started a back and forth between me and the asshole on the other side of my cubicle wall. It's quiet now. I watched Malkin get a hat trick last night, then went to bed. Bonanza was on TV when I woke up this morning. <laughs> Roger, what? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, Henry, I know Jimmy Kimmel had Stormy Daniels on the show. God. I'm so happy I'm unplugging. Jimmy Kimmel had Stormy Daniels on the show last night, which turned out to be nothing. Well, except her making money. Why did we do this? Why did we do it? But earlier in the show, Kimmel interviewed eight hard-nosed conservatives, and he introduced them to a family. The mother was brought here when she was two years old, has a one-year-old daughter, and is a nurse. The father is in the armed services about to be deployed. Oh, God. When, asked, when Kimmel asked the eight hard-nosed conservatives if the mother should be sent back to Mexico, because she was brought here when she was two years old, so she's... Yeah. When he asked if that mother should be sent, she's got... God, a one-year-old daughter, she's a nurse, another, the father is in the armed services, and when he asked these conservatives, should she be sent back to Mexico, all the hands went up. There was no compassion whatsoever. I'm sure Kimmel thought he could convert these conservatives if they met a family like this. But there were no converts. Maybe one towards the end who was maybe having a little moment with his conscience. This segment was shocking and is worth watching. This is the face of America now. I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm this it is. It's cruel. It's cruel. It's cruel and xenophobic, and it's not a country, as I keep saying, that I can pledge my allegiance to. It's not. I mean, I'll do everything I can to get that country back, but uh, as currently constituted, the country is... Uh, As I said, I mean, it's an embarrassment to me. Oh, Henry, I think we set Margaret off. She says she's got a loop going in her head. She keeps singing Stormy Weather in her head. Do you know that song? Stormy Weather. Oh, that's a great Lena Horn. So, wow. Uh, okay, I, stop sending me these things because I'm going to kill myself, okay? My crack producer here just sent me, here's a headline, that's all I'm doing. Trump's top health official traded tobacco stock while leading an an the anti-smoking effort. Yeah. 
Make money while you can. Make money while you can. That's what it's about. <laughs> so, Amazon's in the news, of course, for this thing with uh, Berkshire Hathaway and uh, Jamie Dimon's outfit uh, regarding health care, which sent healthcare stocks tumbling yesterday. Yay. Um, but there was a piece that Richard Florida, you know Richard Florida, wrote in the Wall Street Journal I don't know, a few days ago maybe. Uh, Richard Florida used to teach here at Carnegie Mellon. He is, uh, I don't know, I'm sure some people don't think he's as smart as he thinks he is, but he is somebody that is listened to about um, urban centers and how you make uh, great cities in this day and age. And I recall in his time here, I mean, he felt Pittsburgh was making some of the right moves, but he was always uh, saying that you want a great city, you got to have immigrants. Because immigrants are the energy always. They're the energy. And how Pittsburgh was not really getting uh, as many immigrants as it should. I do remember him saying that. Anyway, he's back with um, something that I totally agree with. You know that I'm, uh, I do not want Amazon coming here. And that puts me at odds with the mayor, the county executive, uh, I'm sure the corporate world here, uh, many of you. Um, it's, who, I mean, obviously, Everybody thinks that anyone in their right mind would want Amazon, which is why you had, what, over 200 cities uh, actively uh, trying to woo Amazon to their city. That number has been whittled down now to 20, and uh, we are one of them. And you also may know if you're if you read the local paper, which didn't come today. Uh, if you read the local paper, that uh, efforts by, I believe it's WTAE TV and the Post Gazette, to get the city and the county to tell us, we, 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 the people, what the hell it is they're offering to Amazon. Because wouldn't we have sort of some stake in this? And if they're offering Amazon, what we suspect they're offering Amazon, you know, tax breaks up the wazoo, incentives up the wazoo, if they're essentially rolling over and saying, do what you want. We'll create the infrastructure you need. We'll do this. We'll do that. And odds are that is what they're saying. Then we, um, and there's reason they don't want us to see it. Because they're, they're fighting uh, this effort to uh, have this made public their bid, 
And the obscenity of we, the taxpayers of Pittsburgh, the beleaguered taxpayers of Pittsburgh, who are already holding up nonprofits like UPMC and the universities here, all the hospitals, the churches. There are more non taxable entities in this city, but not you. <laughs> You're taxable. I'm taxable. Jeff Bezos is like the richest guy in the universe, right? It's his company. And we're, little people like us, are going to help underwrite a gift to him? To me, if you can't see how obscene that is, then uh, I would give up any effort to, to talk to you. So I was pleased when I saw Richard Florida's piece in the Wall Street Journal because he agrees with me. And what you have happening here with these 20 cities that are left is that now it's a bidding war, essentially, right? How much you going to give me? How much you going to give me? That's what Bezos is up to. And it's the same thing we saw decade or so ago with the uh, public funding of uh, sports facilities, right? Oh, the team's going to pick up and leave because so-and-so, another city, is offering them a uh, big, so what are you going to give us? And I'm so sick and tired of being held hostage. What's going on? A call. Well, why'd you look like... you got to watch your facial expressions. I thought the world had come to an end. Huh? Jesus. All right, it's just a call. Here's what, here's what I saw in my peripheral vision. And he grabs this thing and starts writing. I'm thinking, oh my God, what is it? What is it? And it says, call. Jesus Christ. All right, he'll call her. Call her. Hey, good morning, Glenn. How are you? This is Paul calling. Hi, Paul. Hey, I just had a couple comments about... Uh, the uh, a couple topics you talked on this week. Mm -hmm. I think the Tom Hanks movie is going to be a great film. You know what I've read and heard about it. So I think it's going to be one of the most popular films. You know the last you know few years. Well, I don't know about that because I I just don't know that many people will think. Oh, a, a, a movie about Mister Rogers. I can't wait to see that. I mean, he's not like right. you know what I mean. I I I'll be interested right. to see if it uh, is able to uh, attract much of an audience. I mean, obviously right. here, I did get in touch with uh, Mrs. Rogers uh, yesterday, <laughs> and I said, yeah. so who's going to play you? And, <laughs> and she said, <laughs> unfortunately, and a big shock, it's Hollywood after all, and women, women are, don't count, um, she said, as far as she's aware, I think she's seen the script, She, Mrs. Rogers okay. appears in one scene. That's it. Otherwise, she, okay. doesn't, she doesn't exist. So, and she didn't know who was going to play her. But, uh, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. 
and she's thrilled that yeah, Tom, locally, Tom Hanks is I doing. I think locally, it. Will, uh, you know, be good. But uh, Tom Hanks might help because he's you know one of the good actors. Well, they should premiere it here. It should be premiered here, right. obviously. Yeah. And okay, what else? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you were talking about the. Uh, I only caught a few minutes of it the other day about uh, the Indians uh, removing uh, Wahoo on their. Yeah. Video. Yeah. And it's. I don't know if it's a good thing or you know, what's your opinion on it? Uh, good thing. It's a long overdue thing. That caricature, right. that logo, is as racist a logo as you yeah. can imagine. I mean, it's uh, it's so offensive. It is mind-boggling. And I said that when they were in the World Series, what was that? Not last year, but the year before, I think. I, I, yeah. I had never really looked at I, When I saw it, I thought, oh, my God. It's like a team having... Um, you know, a, a watermelon-eating, black-faced, caricatured uh, guy. It, it's the same level of of racist horror. I just beyond belief. Yeah. Uh, do you think the Red, the Redskins will ever uh, change their uh, name or no? Uh, no, I don't. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's been on, uh, that's been on there for you know for a long time. Unbelievable. So it's, well, I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, people people um, love to cling to their traditions, even if their traditions are uh, loathsome in the clearer light of uh, this day, right? Right. Right. And uh, then uh, one more thing uh, you said uh, about the... Um, the Pirates moving or, you know, teams moving and they want new stadiums. Yeah. Down in Atlanta, they, they got rid of uh, both of their new new uh, facilities and they weren't even, I don't even think, 20 years old yet and they imploded the Georgia Dome and I think yeah. uh, Turner Field. Yeah. And uh, the Texas Rangers, their field is not even 25 years old and they're, they bo- broke ground to build a new facility. So that is correct. It's like, where's the money coming from? Uh, Probably from us. Well, not in those cases, but uh, wow, <laughs> it's disgusting. And you can bet, what, how old is uh, Heinz Field now? That's probably getting ready to be uh, uh, torn down, too. 2000, 2000, yeah, almost 20 years old. Oh, oh my God. Up. Well, I remember the implosion of Three Rivers. Well, now let's implode that right. baby. And anyway... Heinz Field is about yeah. the ugliest football stadium in the history of the universe. It is. Yeah. I don't know if you've been to others. All, I have never seen one as ugly as it is. And all, all of these retractable dome stadiums or where Cowboys play or Arizona, it is just it doesn't look like a real you know, sporting event venue. It it looks I don't know. Yeah. They all look like spaceships to me or, or you know, something like that, so I guess I'm getting old. <laughs> so well, it's like all who ain't? It's all, you know, it doesn't look like a, a regular yeah. standard stadium to me, so they make money from them. Yeah. Bring back Forbes Field. All right. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. Okay, have a good day and Thank uh, enjoy you. your vacation. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And okay, good day. Day. Bye. And then I just want to make clear, you guys should enjoy your vacation from me. Okay, I, the explanation for uh, 
the look that scared the hell out of me is that is the following. Um, Stephen says, the site we use for showing the calls uh, was what? Not showing any. And then he hit refresh. And there were three calls waiting. So that was the look. Oh my God! There's three calls waiting! And um, so Paul got in. The other two that were there long ago said, F this, and left, right? So we had three calls. To the two callers who gave up, uh, sorry, apparently you we weren't, our software wasn't showing you. And, and now, whatever, maybe it is. So anyway, Richard Florida, ladies and gentlemen. He says this in part. He said... Most progressive mayors bend over backwards to lavish Amazon with corporate welfare. This is true. And he names names. New York's Bill de Blasio, Los Angeles's Eric Garchetti, uh, Rahm Emanuel in Chicago, Washington's Muriel Bowser, Pittsburgh's Bill Peduto. Newark's blah, 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 blah. And he says this. At home, all these mayors are all about fighting inequality and gentrification, creating affordable housing, increasing the minimum wage, and generating inclusive prosperity. But they apparently have no problem forking over hundreds of millions of dollars, in some cases billions, to a corporate giant led by the world's richest man. Is it any wonder many cities have kept the terms of their Amazon offers under wraps? Caller. Hi. Hey, Lynn, it's Mike in D.C. Hi, Mike. I was one of the people that gave up. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I, I'm sorry. We didn't know you were there. <clears throat> so about Amazon, I don't think you guys have to worry. It's, a, it's coming to D.C. Either well, Northern I agree. Virginia, Maryland, or D.C. proper. It's coming here. He has a house here. He doesn't want to have to get on one more plane to travel to Pittsburgh. You know what? That's exactly that's what exactly uh, this guy Florida says. He says this whole competition is a ruse. Amazon, right. without a doubt, already has a very good idea of where it wants to put its headquarters, because if you look at the map of the twenty cities on the short list. There are three clusters where there are more than two or three cities in a, you know, in a, and I noted it when the names of these 20 came out. You've got you know, the, you're like, where's Montgomery County? Yeah, right. So here's what you got, and he points it out. You got the District of Columbia as one of the remaining, Northern Virginia as the other, and Montgomery County. And this is a very close uh, area. He has a home there because he now owns the Washington Post. And then you got and the... It's a lovely home that he just spent millions of dollars to upgrade to, by the way. He also has a like home... A okay. He also has a home in New York. And New York is on the list as well as um, uh, Newark, I think. Right? Yeah, Newark. And so, okay, so that's 
five of the 20, and you see the, the, that it's a cluster. Uh, he says Amazon's plan is surely intended to pit those five remaining areas, the ones that look like that, that's where he's heading, uh, against each other to come away with the biggest deal so that he'll see which one, D.C. or uh, New York or Newark, is going to hand over the biggest thing. He said these big city mayors must know one another. They could take the high road and organize a mutual non-aggression pact, pledging to renounce. <laughs> well, wouldn't that be smart? Not going to happen. It's dog-eat-dog. between the governors and everyone. Okay, well, you know, we still don't know. He could su still surprise. He could surprise. Toronto's still on the list, and it hasn't offered any incentives. But it's just a, it's a ruse. It is. It's a, it's a, it's something Donald Trump would think up. It is, you know, a, a contest. A reality It's show. reality show. Who's gonna, who's gonna get the rose? Who's gonna get the, yeah. It's, yeah. It's and I pray that it's not Virginia, Northern Virginia, which it probably will be because we have a really low tax base. Uh -huh. And that's my neighborhood. That's where I live. And it will destroy traffic. It will uh, maybe increase the house, the value of my house, but it won't help me because I'll be moving. Yeah. Um, we have a metro system. We have lots of immigrants. So uh, my bet is that it's Northern Virginia, but I pray that it isn't. For the same reason you prayed in Pittsburgh, because we don't need more jobs of people who just put stuff in boxes. That's not the way I want to grow the economy. No, and well, I, with, you know, with huge warehouses clogging traffic and congestion. That's not how I want to grow the population. Well, my neighborhood but, is uh, is actually unrecognizable. If if somebody who hadn't been in uh, the East End, East Liberty uh, area. Uh, for five years were to come back, they wouldn't know what the hell where they were. I sometimes at night, if I turn a corner um, and I, I'm confronted by some huge, you know, ugly, they're all ugly, ugly building, and I, I think, what the, what, what? And then I remember what which ugly building this is and uh, what the reality is. I I really don't understand. And the question is, did your taxes drop because of all of those extra buildings? I'm guessing no. Oh, no. Of course not. Of course right? not. Right? Because that's, what, that's the illusion they tell us. If we bring more people in here, there will be more people to support the tax base, and our taxes will be lower. That's not what happens. No, you need more uh, infrastructure. You need more... Uh, it, it, no, taxes go up. Right. Jesus. But um, it's that whole Republican idea that it's going to trickle down to you someday. But I think, you know, Florida's pinpointing the fact that it's these progressive Democratic mayors of these big cities that talk out of both sides of their mouth. You know? It's like, oh, we need affordable housing. We need... The, and they can't do enough for the... Richest man in the world, and and even others that aren't quite the richest men in the world, they can't give them enough. It's because not enough Democrats vote for them to win. 
Uh. And if they tell the truth, some of the some of the quote unquote independents and Republicans won't vote for them. They'll brand them as anti business and they'll lose. And then there's also the point that I'm sure some of their contributors are the same people who we're talking about right now. So it's a rigged system. There's no way out of it. It's dog eat dog. They throw all the governors in a pen and say, duke it out. Who's going to come out on top? Well, that is what they did with the sports teams. That's what they do with this. That's what they do with any any industry now, anybody wanting to maybe put a plant somewhere. They just set off these, yeah, bidding wars. Uh, uh, what did, uh, Wisconsin just gave some unbelievable amount away to, to land some big plant. I'm blanking on the name of it. And there is no way that state can afford that. And it's unbelievable. I, and then so we give money to, to the Amazon. rich, the richest of the rich, the taxpayers give money to. Happily. No, I don't know that the taxpayers... Because pay- they think they believe it's going to trickle down to them. <laughs> It'll and trickle... Because they th- don't want to be seen as poor or needy. Well, I, I hope it doesn't end up in your neighborhood. I hope it doesn't end up in mine either. And where who should we wish it? Up, who should we wish it upon? Hmm, Newark. <laughs> Nobody likes it there anyway. Well, <laughs> but Newark is. I can't imagine Newark getting it. I mean, th- don't they have enough trouble? <laughs> it's not very. It's not very nice of you. Newark. Speaking of trouble, how about Amazon? We talked about this yesterday with Amazon, and I didn't call in, but I wanted to mention it. The public Amazon the, with their health plan is doing the same thing that UPMC did. UPMC said 15 years ago, why are we paying Aetna to ensure our employees will just create our own? Right. And now everybody in your area, they don't have Aetna. They don't have Blue Cross Blue Shield. They have UPMC health plan. Not me, so but yeah. they're taking the lead from them, and honestly, it's smart, particularly if they can create a system that there's no overhead or there's no profit incentive in there. Well, the jig is up. I mean, we know what's happening, and even progressive Democratic mayors play the game, and the game is is for rich people. I hate it. So well, enjoy your vacation. Oh, you damn! Oh my god! Did you get by the way? You mentioned that you got three books. You didn't tell us which. Do you think I even when I'm reading a book that I absolutely love, I can never remember the title? I cannot. I (laughs) I cannot remember. There's my head doesn't hold so much stuff, and I did. I got three books. I can't remember a one. They're all novels because that's what I disappear into, and they're all—they were all deemed by the New York Times Book Reviews section to be the best, some of the best novels of the year. So they're new novels, and I've read a few. I have been reading like a book a week. Um, I'm just on a binge, and man, I've been reading some great books. But don't ask me what they are. Well, I tell you to post them on your Facebook, but. You're not supposed to be on your Facebook. Are you, oh, are you going to do that? Are you going no. To, 
go native and yeah, plug into anything? No. That's the scariest part of all. I am not. I'm. I. Just I, your phone. You're going to use the phone as an emergency, or right? Phone as an emergency. I'm not taking my iPad that I play all my games on. I'm not. No. I'm taking books and knitting. <laughs> and I've decided to allow myself some crossword puzzles other than that. No. No. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. Well, we expect a full report. <laughs> it can be your project. And I'll keep a journal. <laughs> I'll keep a journal as I as I go insane. Um Dear Diary, day one. (laughs) I know, really. (laughs) I've developed a tick in my right eye. I cannot sleep wondering what's happening out there. Um, No, I'll be better for it. There's no doubt about it, but it'll be a strange transition. And worse, I'll have to come back. And then that just blows up any any of the, uh, you know, good effects, right, that I've had. It's like you can't you can't sustain something like that and be in this world. I mean, I can't sustain that and do this job. Right? Yeah, but you could use that rationalization for never why go on vacation? You just have to come back. Why make your bed? It's <laughs> going to get dirty again. Why do laundry? It's just going to get dirty again. Those are all good questions, I think. <laughs> oy vey. Oy. Oy. Well, yeah. I've been thinking maybe, and I don't know how you guys would react to it, but maybe we can try to pull the show back a bit from the constant political talk um, like it used to be. I mean, we talk about other, see, you're, you're, I can tell. I mean, you know, things that have to do with not necessarily politics, but maybe social well, that gets into politics, too. It all ends up in politics. I don't know. Well, if you introduce a topic right when you start, good morning, today is whatever day, and today's topic is dog catching, or tomorrow's topic will be, that will, that will sort of steer the conversation to those of us who call to say, oh, we're talking about this today. That might help. Well, I yeah, right. And maybe try so for you some... You would have to do due diligence and... Do yeah. that ahead of time, which is not fun. No, and then I'd have I maybe have more guests, uh, do more cultural stuff. Maybe I don't know if that's the way to maintain. Or you could put you could put a calendar on your website and ask for suggestions of topics, so you wouldn't have to do this all by yourself. You guys are free to give me topics and information anytime. Just don't do it in the next month. Because I ain't looking. I ain't looking. All right. Always good to talk to you. Thank you. Enjoy your time off. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah. So I'll enjoy it. Boy, this information, by the way, of the Hawaii thing, that the guy, it was not an accident, that the guy who sent out that alarm actually thought Hawaii was under attack. <laughs> oh, God. And... It gets worse that he'd apparently had some difficulty in the past uh, ascertaining whether things were drills or reality. And yet, they keep this guy in that position. It sounds like such a mucked up... 
the whole goddamn bunch should be I guess the head of the department is gone already uh unbelievable I'll tell you the the, the governor of Hawaii is going to be gone because uh his handling of this has been I mean just embarrassingly inept and lackadaisical so unbelievable so there was like this lunatic a lunatic who didn't know reality from uh from a, a drill and he's in charge of putting out the the warning i mean what the hell heads should roll Brooke writes, I would suggest that while you're away, that your callers take the hour that is normally dedicated to listening to you and do something fun with it. Yes! I'm in total agreement. As opposed to what you're doing right now. Because this isn't fun, is it? Is it? Why does it give me a headache? Don't take that hour and turn on CNN. Yes, Brooke. Use it to pull out a board game, read a book, see a movie, clean a drawer. That's mine. Or call family. Just talk. Take a walk. We all can't disconnect like you for a month, but we will all. We can all disconnect for an hour. And yes, well, I'm. I'm not. I'm absolutely mean it when I say use this opportunity to unplug in some way for yeah, as well. At least from this hour, I. I think that's a great idea it's a gift i'm giving you we have a call hello hi lynn hi i certainly hope you're going to a warmer climate i'm not to do your to do your recuperation well i'm not i'm doing most of it is in a cold climate because i'm strange and uh some will be in a warm climate but most in a cold um lynn i i i suspect that the majority of us are all in the same boat with being uh, burnt out, just completely burnt out. I still, I cannot believe what's happening to our country. Uh, I never realized how much I loved our country until it was in this much trouble. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been involved in so many elections, down in the mud, the blood, and the beer, and... Um, I can't believe at this time of my life, personally, that I have to jump back in. I had no intention of going this way. But um, the hard reality is our feet are to the fire. This next, forget to, uh, 2020 election, this next election is so vital. Right. Um, the, governor, the governor races. The governors can... Um, they can veto. They have they have jurisdiction over the redistricting, and that's that has um, that has a long effect. The redistrict, as we well know about the redistrict redistricting, um, this next election, it, it's so vital. I, I can't well, believe I, I I agree, and I will return and uh, be here to uh, you know help get people fired up for that you're you're right these are uh these are consequential times we, and we've gotta we gotta be there to uh try to uh, as as the other side said take our country back 
Jeez. And 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 that is a tug a of war going. Yeah. Hey, it I get very delicate balance yeah. because we are burnt out, and um, as part of what I ca- I just can't take anymore. It feels like, and you have been uh, the last of the Mohicans. I I, I barely watch uh, CNN anymore because it's it's just a little too okay. You know, I had I have to limit. Well, what it is, you you do have to limit because it's so repetitive. There is no reason to trouble yourself with more than even a half hour or an hour of this kind of stuff a day. You'll learn enough. If something interests you, then go online and find out more. But keeping CNN or MSNBC or any of those things ongoing is just, it doesn't help you. It doesn't change a goddamn thing. I got to run. But Th- wait, I, I gotta one run. more thing, Lynn. What are we being, but are we being desensitized? Is this exactly what the plan is for us to be so no. desensitized that uh, we don't look? Well, I think you get desensitized by this constant listening. Uh, you don't yeah. need it. You don't need it. Nothing changes from minute to minute to minute to minute. It's insane, and that's part of what technology has done to us. It's not I, necessary, I, please, and I, it is debilitating. Ha, please, sweetheart, have a wonderful, Thank wonderful you. respite from this nightmare. But I certainly hope you come back, honey. I Seriously. Okay, I will. I got nowhere else to go. Okay? <laughs> All right. Bye. Ha, we bye. You, Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. And uh, call? Hello. Hello. Hi. I'm Jeff from Green County. <clears throat> Hi, Jeff. Uh, I called yesterday, actually. I've been listening to you for a long time. Um, I just, I've never called in very much, a couple times before. But uh, um, I heard last night that uh, Trump was touting clean coal again. <laughs> he was going on beautiful clean coal. Beautiful clean coal. Yeah. State yeah. of the Union. Uh, but, you know. Yeah. But it's beautiful, clean coal, and, and it, it just reminded me of uh, a little thing that John Oliver did to mock um, Trump. Clean. Yeah, that uh, he actually he, he actually said that Trump must think that uh, he takes a, you take a scrub brush to the coal, and it's yeah, and uh, you know it becomes white. Clean it up that way. White. Not black. He doesn't like black, so it it becomes white. That's beautiful, yeah. clean coal. Yeah, I, could, I could tell you one thing: there's no such thing as clean. No, coal. I mean, I'm I no, in, there isn't. Oh, I no. mean it's cleaner. I mean, good grief, we know about coal down here like you wouldn't believe. There's Green County, you know, yeah, plant right yeah. next to me, and yeah. and there's two down in West Virginia that's they're close by, and there's a gas plant that's right across the river, and we have, like, celebrations about coal. So yeah. pretty, <laughs> if you don't work in the coal industry, you, you learn a little about it anyway, you know. So well, by living here, and I've lived here, like, 40 years. So, uh, yeah, there's no such thing. It, it's, it's just, it, and the guy, the funny thing is, the guy, like, doesn't believe in global warming, but, you know, he's all for that clean coal thing. That's so, right. That's right. I mean, it's it, yeah, it, I it, mean, it's laughable, uh, but not. I mean, it's just yeah. It's ex- yeah. it's so. yeah. God help us. 
Um, I'm, oh, I'm glad yeah. you're calling there from Green, and it's good to hear your voice. Thank you. Well, I'll try and call, call in a little bit more often. Good. And, good. Uh, yeah. Good. Share some things that, you know, I'd, I'd, find out I'd like that. It'll make the <laughs> okay, sh- make have, the show have better. A nice vacation. Thank you so much. Uh, can't wait till you get back. I've got the John Oliver's coming back uh, this month, I think. So I'll have I'll have somebody to like That's... console me. <laughs> you know, I understand. Thank so. you. Thank okay. you. Bye. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh God, guys, our time is up. We're just going to have to stop. I thank you. Um, Barbara says, uh, carp diem. I guess I'll have to watch Dr. Oz. No, you don't! There's something better than that. And uh, Bob says, your soon-to-be month-long vacation is a throwback to the early 2000s when you took your infamous month-long vacation (laughs) from PTT Radio after George W. Bush was reelected, and we were all introduced to a new liberal talk show host named Tom Hartman. Right, I did. I was coming apart at the seams then, so this does seem to be a, you know, every, I just can't. I have to, I have to go away. And if you'll, the newspaper did a big piece on me, uh, you know, disappearing uh, to get my head back together. And I, I remember the, the picture in it did show me knitting. I'm knitting, trying to get my head back together. And I I do also remember that a month was not long enough. That's just the way it happens. And Bree says, enjoy. Uh, Wish today was a two-hour season cliffhanger. Yeah, maybe should have been. Uh, Thank you, Bree. In Dubai. And Dorothea, on August 29th of 2008, it was your last show at WPTT. Oh, who can forget that? And just moments before you signed off, John McCain announced Sarah Palin as his running mate, and then I lost my job. It was, I was never able to. What should have been eloquent goodbye on your part turned out to be a rant about Sarah Palin. I've been wondering what shoe will fall today. Oy! It does seem that when I go away on these things, stuff happens. But uh, But it always happens, and these days... Let's just hope it's not a war with North Korea, okay? Uh, I'll be back. And I do hope you, yeah, do a little unplugging. I, I'm going to, oh, who gives a sh- Listen, uh, thank you for all your kind wishes and, uh, and thoughts. And, um, yeah, if I had a mic, I'd drop it, but I can't drop it. Over and out and going dark. See you the first Monday in March. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.